Okay. You know, and then I'll say, you know, I'm Patricia, or I'm, I'm Patricia. I'm Patricia. <laughs> and I'm Anna. <laughs> I want to talk like you. I'm Anna. I don't talk like that. Yes. I oh like my I'm gosh, like, Anna, stop. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Patricia and Anna. The show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Thank you for joining us on That's Why Show. I'm Anna. And I'm Patricia. Are you leaving it to me? (laughs) How are you doing today? I am doing great. I really, really am. How are you? I'm doing good. My cousin Richard gave me his Fanex tickets. So Peter and I went this weekend. It was really fun. We saw a lot of people in costumes. There was a guy outside playing drums on like buckets and stuff. And the energy was good. I like seeing the costumes, but I forget that it smells. And I like what? It smells like nerd. Nerd has a smell? Yes, nerd has a smell. Please elaborate. It's almost like a sip on my Moscato. It's it's a sweet, pungent kid living in the basement type of smell. Do you know? I don't know how to say it, but it's just a nerd smell. It's like a weird B.O. scent, you know? So my friend Miroslava and I, we've been friends for, oh my gosh, I think it was like 40 something years. We calculated the other day. I remember us having this discussion when she was in college in Stony Brook. She was saying someone that we knew, I'm not going to mention names in case he happens to listen to this, but (laughs) she was like, he has a bookworm smell is what she described it as. It's kind of like someone who hasn't showered in a day. Mm -hmm. You're not super stinky like onion armpit, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you have that oily scent about you. Yes. Is that what that is? Exactly. Okay, so we're coining it as nerd today. When you say bookworm, I think of how libraries smell this musty paper smell when I think of bookworm. Somewhat damp. Yes, and moist. And intellectual. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like intellectuals, don't you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> that's so interesting. I, I had fun. Um, I just so thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Richard. Thank you. That's great. I mean, yes. not for me, but for my friends. Yes. And then Peter, you know, he injured his right leg because he put some pavers in the backyard with his friends. Mm. And I told Peter, I said, let's go to Fanex. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take some shrooms. I'm going to push you around in the wheelchair. And then we're just going to have a blast. We'll stay downtown. And he's like, okay. And then sadly, our friend's dad passed away. We Aww. had a funeral. I know. I just wasn't in that mindset to be all like, to all do shrooms up and stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah. What does it make you feel, Anna, real quick? I mean, is there a feeling of how different is it from like smoking weed or having an alcoholic drink? You know, for me, if I take a good amount, like more than one gram, I'll get visuals and stuff and everything just is accentuated. Like if you see something textured, you'll notice the texture in the fabric more. Mm. You'll The colors are brighter. Things are more vivid. But you can microdose. They oh. have done studies where it helps with anxiety mm-hmm. or people with depression. So if you microdose a little bit of shroom, it can really help you. Is it considered a psychedelic? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes, huh. it is okay. I think psychedelics have its place for sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, I like that stuff. I didn't get to do it, but that's all right. 
okay. <laughs> Next time, this the future. Yes. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Yes. Today we are talking about insecurities. What are you insecure about? You know, thankfully, I have less insecurities than I used to. And the interesting thing is the fact that I have always been perceived as a very secure person. It's in my walk when I walk into a room. I think that just because you, and I know this is going to sound weird, just because you're not confident doesn't mean that you're insecure Mm -hmm. necessarily. And I think maybe the reverse, I can be insecure, doubtful of something, but maybe have enough strength to do it. Not confidence, but maybe strength. So I am insecure of my forehead. I am insecure about my teeth. I am insecure about my gums. I'm insecure about my feet. Gums. Really bad. What's wrong with your gums? So I have purple gums. I have, you see my gums? You know what's funny? When I first met my husband, he's like, oh, you're so cute. You have puppy dog gums. I was like, I don't know why you think that's a compliment. I'm going to make you think about that for one fucking second, you stupid asshole. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, why would he say that? And then I was like, oh, I see. Okay, the dark, you know, the dark. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you not noticed that on my teeth, Anna? Nope. That is so interesting. Okay, and so now I'm gonna look at that all the time. I know. And you'd be like, thanks <laughs> a lot for pointing those things out. Well, the way my gums are, my nail beds are dark. Yes. And I'm very insecure. I'm more insecure about my nails being dark than my gums. Really? Oh my gosh. And I remember one thing. If you are out there listening, I'm sorry. And I still, can you believe this probably happened more than 10 years ago and I still feel bad about it? I was at a salon and I took, the lady was doing my nails and obviously all the nail polish was off. And this white woman was sitting down and she looked at my nails and she said, what a pretty color. Again, inflicting or inserting my own insecurities instead of taking it at face value I took it as if she were kind of mocking and making fun of my nails. And she's like, what color is it? I was really like persnickety about it. And I said, it's Africanus Naturalis. (laughs) (laughs) And my friend started busting up. She was like, oh my God. And I wish you could see the woman's face. Like, you know how you have that face of confusion and like, Mm -hmm. you don't know what just happened? course i just left that at that and then i thought damn that was messed up man she doesn't know about my own insecurities or whatever maybe she was actually being genuine um but yes i'm insecure about my nail color because it it matches my gums but despite all those insecurities i still wear my hair back despite my forehead being big and i still wear whatever shoes i like and because there are some shoes that make your feet look smaller than others wouldn't you agree yes Right. I think you do a fabulous job with your pedicure and your nails. Every time I see you, I'm like, damn, like they're beautiful, glossy. Everything is so manicured and perfect. Oh, Anna, thank you. Yes. You're you're stroking my insecurities right now or my ego. Except for that one time you (laughs) sent me a photo. Oh, yeah. Where it was when you cut yourself, I was like, holy cow, that that looked so gnarly. I know I used the callus shaver for any of <sighs> you guys that did that. And I obviously went a little too deep and it looked oh. like I chopped up some of that meat on there. Oof, oh, my God. That was so nasty. That was crazy. And it hurt like a bugger till the next day. Actually, it got better. But wow. So speaking of insecurities, my last one that I really feel that I've overcome in the last three years has Mm -hmm. been my intellect 
that's that's surprising. Yeah, and that is surprising for a lot of people. But those who love me and know me for like deep, like you and I have gotten real deep, know that despite they don't, them not agreeing with me that it's an issue, right, or or feeling like it is, they know that it's an insecurity for me, but not mm-hmm. as much as it used to, and it's been really liberating. Wow. Yeah. But okay, so are you still insecure about your forehead? About your? Are you talking about this in past tense, or are you saying like currently? No, the one about my intellect, I feel so much more confident. I still okay. wish I had a college degree. I still wish that I could say that I've gone to school, but I feel like that's not completely um, defining your. Yeah, it doesn't define it a hundred percent. But yes, mm-hmm. I'm still very much insecure about my forehead about my feet I have size nine and a half to ten I'm not you know I'm five four I'm really not that tall but when you see me you it's not like I look like I got clown feet like it stands out Uh -uh. but I look at other women's feet how petite and delicate and I'm like look at these big ass bunions I love your feet my they just so they're almost more like my personality. They're just so, uh-huh. you know, a little bit grandiose <laughs> in my eyes. And I'm like, oh, well. But at this juncture, I'm like, it is what it is. And for those people who've had kids and have gotten older, supposedly, Anna, your appendages, like your feet continue to grow, your nose, your ears continue to grow. And I thought, holy shit, if I live till I'm 101, which is my goal. <laughs> You're going to be size 15. I'm going to be size 15. <laughs> Do they make those shoes for women? Oh, my gosh. Basketball player shoes. But I was like, obviously, I better get used to it now because uh-huh. it's only going to get worse and there's no way to stop it. So accept those insecurities. Yeah, those things are still, I'm still very insecure about. Anyway, and I did want to define an insecurity is an mm-hmm. uncertainty or anxiety about one's self or lack of confidence. So, yes. and I had asked you, Anna, do you mm-hmm. have any insecurities? And I said, I want to get a nose job, but does that mean I'm insecure about my nose? And then you were like, no, because uh, I told you this before. I think I'm too secure. Right, right. And I wish I had some insecurities so I could work towards something or I could improve something. <laughs> I, I, was, I, could, you know? I said to but, Anna, your work is done. You have I know, else to do. I feel like that. And No, but wait, wait. Do you feel mm-hmm. that just because you have nothing to work on on yourself, that there's nothing to work on as far as oh, projects and things? You're, You're an entrepreneur. Right. You have had your own salon. You go to school. Like, And I said this to Anna at one point, audience, and I really believe this to the depth of my soul. So much of our day is wasted on us ruminating and being in our head about our insecurities, whatever mm-hmm. they may be, whether we're, we feel like we're falling short as parents or we're falling short as coworkers mm-hmm. or, or as an employee, we're falling short maybe in our relationships, whether it's with our children or our spouse. My gosh, there's so many opportunities yeah. to feel less than and like shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I rather have, if you were to put it together in a week, how many days or a day have I wasted when I could have been more productive like yourself in exerting that energy in other things? I think I am selfish in a lot of ways. For example, I care so little of what people think mm-hmm. that it's it's become more of a 
it's hindered relationships with people at times. Hmm. Because when I say, oh, I don't care, I'm not saying it just to say it, but I genuinely don't care. And if Peter's like, this is how I feel, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, I don't care, do whatever. He's like, hmm. no, how you feel? I'm like, I really don't care. And you, <laughs> I'm not trying to make you like figure me out. <laughs> no, I'm no kidding. You're like, I'm yeah. not like being metaphorical. No. Whatever. I'm like, for real. I don't I, care. Yes. That was something that happened as a kid, too. I remember my mom, she got mad at me. She's like, stop saying you don't care. And I was like, but I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want me to be, mom? Like, yes. Honest or? Right. Um, you're yeah. confusing me here. That's but funny because I've always told Tim when he says, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, do you want to do this? And he's like, I don't care. And I was like, that's rude. Say oh. that you don't mind. You or... and Peter are so similar. Yeah, we really are. Isn't that funny? Oh, my goodness. That's why I love you guys. <laughs> you, man. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. But I feel like having that quality of mm-hmm. not necessarily caring that doesn't mean that you're not a loving person because Anna is very loving yet Mm -hmm. I think that there is something to be said about not necessarily caring about what one someone thinks versus not caring about who's the one thinking it right I love my children I love them but what they think about me I may not care about doesn't mean I don't care about them so exactly point being that I wish I were more like you in that I wish I didn't care because it's so unnecessary. And like I said, it's really has been a waste of time being impotent and Mm -hmm. being stagnated on being able to move forward because you were locked into being heady about your insecurities. So, okay, so you need to be less insecure and I need to change my thought from (laughs) not caring to I don't mind. We got to work on that. I wish there was like an ayahuasca potion that I could give you a little bit and I could take a little bit and then I could give you a little bit more of mine and you can give me a little (gasps) bit of yours. Yes. And wouldn't that be an amazing thing to do? Yes. Would you want to do ayahuasca? I have been wanting to. I did have my friend Renee who was highly discouraging it because she had a friend that died after doing it. But I've heard so so many amazing things. Like she or he OD'd? I think she uh, bugged out on it and she... I don't know if she had a reaction, a physical, or if she killed herself, or something to the along the lines of I think she ran through something or over something because in her mind she was having that experience and she wasn't in touch with reality. Yeah, so I didn't she know went cray that. cray. But Ooh. you know, again, I. You know how you said, I'll try anything twice? I fucking love that, Anna. No <laughs> one's ever said that. At least five or six. Yeah, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what it is. <laughs> but I highly discourage, I don't want to discourage people from having done something that kind of went awry. Mm-hmm. Just look at a simple thing like getting in your car. I mean, car accidents are constant and we run mm-hmm. the risk anytime we go behind the wheel to m- maybe never make it home. That still doesn't mm-hmm. stop us. And exactly. if you, if I knew someone who died in a car accident, I would never say no one, everyone. I'm on a quest to make everyone that ever drives to stop driving because stop, they may right. get killed. So many people do ayahuasca. I actually have a friend. Uh, one of our shows about peeing in the shower. She's the one that was showed me about peeing in the grass. My, ah. my friend Siomi. Um, and um, she's done ayahuasca. And she's like, it's amazing. And I'm wow. like, oh, I hope that I want to have that experience. So 
Have you done it or would you want to do it? I don't know if I would want to do it just because I think people who take ayahuasca are looking or seeking a way of opening up something that's been closed off emotionally or dramatically. So for me, I feel like I don't have anything to work on. However, if I did have trauma that I wanted to open up, I would definitely do that. Find reviews, find people who have done it. I know people who have done it and they love it. So go to those sources, be safe about it, and then also be in a protective environment. Because like you said, you don't know if she ran out and injured herself and then died. Did she OD? Did she commit suicide after? We don't know. So I think I would need more clarity on that. Okay. But yeah, I would try it, but I don't know if I'd want to do it because I'm looking for something that I've repressed. Is that the goal? I mean, if you are you trying to kind of filter your insecurities and become more in touch with yourself? Is that what ayahuasca is the goal? Yeah. And then I heard that ayahuasca also helps with addiction, depression, insecurities, because if you are able to let go and your senses are just not with you, they're all in your mind, and then maybe revert back to childhood and see where the trouble happened Mm -hmm. and play out that experience again. And then I think that could help. But I don't have anything to work on. I know I'm so boring. You're not boring. Anna, if anyone ever called you that, I I would have to get violent. I I don't want to have to get violent with you. But no, I Uh feel like I wonder if you can still use it as a a vehicle as a pathway not necessarily to work on something but maybe to expand and open something right exactly yes kind of like open your mind broaden it in other ways open that third eye or whatever yeah but with insecurities what i did research was there is a scottish or well he passed away so there was a scottish psychiatrist named rd lang Mm -hmm. and he felt that mental illness was something that was shunned. So he wanted to make it like on our other episode, we talked about death. He wanted to almost normalize psychosis. Mm. He wanted people to understand that madness could be normal. Mm. And his quote is, um, he said, mental illness is a sane response to an insane world. And he wanted to be empathetic with his patients. So he did LSD with his patients and he was really open to the psychedelics. Mm -hmm. In the 1960s, I don't know how they got together, but he was friends with Sean Connery. Oh. And then what happened was, this is a book from Sean Connery's ex-wife. And she quotes, Sean was insecure and so he sought the help of R.D. Lang to spiritually unblock him. Goldfinger was the most successful Bond film yet. But paradoxically, the more successful Bond became, the more insecure Sean felt. Wow. Yes. So you think this celebrity who has, I mean, he's James Bond. And he has this insecure, like, that blew my mind. Isn't that interesting? Again, as human beings, for myself, I've walked into many places and people are like, you seem so secure and, and, and you're like, if you only knew what's going on inside. When you see someone who is attractive, Sean Connery was hot. 
he was attractive because mm-hmm. I believe that there are men that are sexy but not necessarily uh, good looking. I mean, he had mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. He had finesse, and mm-hmm. you would never in your wildest dreams. In my mind, I'm thinking, do you even see what's in the mirror? How accurate is your vision and your recollection uh-huh. of what is looking back at you for you to even think that right. you don't have that to be proud of, right? Right. Yeah. How yeah, do you not insane. see this? It's you insane. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Imposter syndrome. That's imposter really kind of syndrome. imposter syndrome is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't deserve this. This isn't who I am. Yeah. Am I faking it? You know? Yeah. So Lang identified three forms of anxiety encountered by ontologically insecure. So ontologically means... Uh, the state of being. Okay. So the first one is engulfment. That's the fear that relationships with other people or things or even with oneself will result in a total loss of self-identity and autonomy. For example, existential death. Mm. Clearly, the logical strategy for self-preservation is isolation. In this scenario, someone is moving against the individual. They are controlling or attacking them, therefore creating a sensation of an imminent threat, such as a relationship causing the person to struggle to preserve the sense of identity. An example is growing up in an abusive home or being in a relationship where everything is about the other person, Mm. where you feel that you are losing your sense of self. Well, I'm assuming that commitment phobia falls under that category. And I think it's a term that's thrown out there so casually because Mm -hmm. when, and both sides, I mean, I understand that maybe there's a feeling that it happens more to men than women, but women do suffer from this on occasion. Mm -hmm. And It's a thing. It's not like you're just being an ass and you have commitment phobia. It's a Mm -hmm. real phobia, like any other phobia. It is. Um, And then the second one is implosion. This is a sense of emptiness and the corresponding fear that contact with reality will result in a rush to fill that emptiness that, again, threatens self-identity. And in this scenario, for example, the person implodes and is pushed to withdraw. They feel as if the external world is rushing in and wiping out their already empty identity. Wow. This individual wants their feeling of emptiness to be filled, but is afraid of what it would be filled with. This causes them to withdraw. Typically, they have low self-esteem, feeling that they are not enough. Anna, I am so glad. So I'm obviously hearing this for the first time. I am so Uh glad you said that. Have you ever met people that seem so complicated? You're like, with you, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned Mm -hmm. if I don't. That, That to me sounds like the damn do, damn don't situation where you're like, you want love, but then when I come at you, you Mm -hmm. react this way. So you're sending me mixed signals and apparently that is a thing as well that they don't even know how to handle themselves. I don't have the capacity or the willingness to help someone in those type of situations. So I would just politely remove myself <laughs> from them. <laughs> you should you should see Anna's face right now. She's like, oh. how do I decorate? This? How do I say this? I'd I be like, say this so diplomatically. <laughs> I'm trying to. But no, I'd be like, get out of my life. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> uh, does fuck off mean anything? Yeah. No, that's interesting. And I think it takes patience because they don't even understand themselves. 
Yes. How in the world can they tell you how to help exactly. them when they don't know what the hell's going on? Mm-mm. You know? Wow. And the third one is petrification or depersonalization. Okay. And this is the sense of feeling that one is a thing, a rock, a robot rather than a person. And they have the urge to treat others as though they are not people either. From a fear of not being seen, the individual is pushed to become compliant. They feel depersonalized and irrelevant. They're afraid of being treated like an object rather than a person or of being manipulated through someone else's indifference. Because of this fear, they become compliant. So petrification was the last one. Uh The second one was? Implosion engulfment that says a lot about okay so our last show on culture when we react a certain way i think that they're actually cultural just like you have a disorder there could be individual disorders and there are cultural disorders that we have created by dogma you know through dogma Mm -hmm. or certain beliefs right Mm -hmm. that we as a culture perpetuate and so i feel like that kind of falls along those lines of, yeah. I, I don't know how to articulate it, but I feel like that's there in the whole cultural, f- does that make sense? How pervasive yes. it is. And that's why we see culture behaving the way they do, because it's also a cultural insecurity or a an issue. That does make sense. And then I think that we want to differentiate the difference between being complacent mm-hmm. and being cooperative mm-hmm. because those two things yes. could very different they're polar opposites yes. in, in a way they sound like they're synonymous with each other but they're not right i don't they're think not. yeah it's how they're doing it and how they perceive their job yes exactly again going along the lines with sean connery how mm-hmm. many celebrities look at robert williams now robin williams is oh, oh i said robert robin williams yeah. <laughs> is not an insecurity he did have depression he had clinical yeah. depression obviously yeah but i'm sure that there have been had to have been so many times where that man analyzed himself whether it's physically emotionally mentally in so many ways and thought mm-hmm. less of himself mm-hmm. Yes. Right. It stems from that. And I think the more that we feed that frame of thought, it evolves and it grows into something bigger than we can handle. That's why it's so important mm-hmm. for people to get a handle on this either first when it's starting, if you're experiencing it as an adult, but most of us start at really young age. Yes. Totally. We carry that on for decades. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how concrete and deep-rooted that can get with decades of you feeding the same thing and feeding a lie? You know what? I have a friend that reminds me. She works so hard. And the reason is because she's financially insecure. Even though she makes a lot of money, mm. she always thinks that it's going to be taken away. Interesting. Instead of her working towards a goal, it's like she's running away from the fear of losing everything. Oh my gosh. And that's such a different angle, completely yes. different worlds. But inside, yeah. those insecurities mm-hmm. are there. And yeah. wow, that's too bad because I feel like at the end of the day, the difference is between those two schools of thought is 
if she were, when she runs away from it, she can never, you can never hide. You'll never see the end. You'll never see the finish line. But when you operate from a standpoint of a goal and getting close, it brings a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment and growth. Mm -hmm. And you'll be much a better person if you were to obviously see it from that angle versus getting to a finish line that may never it might never come. Right. Um, wow. I mean, that's crazy. I I feel bad with pe- for people who have the depression and anxiety and insecurity. Like, I can just imagine how hard it would be. So it can be. And, you know, so when I started to realize that, you know what, I have met enough people that are actually textbook and educated and they have gotten that degree and I find myself not feeling any lesser than them. I don't want to, just because I don't feel, I, it's not that I'm saying that I'm better than them, but I don't feel any lesser than them. I wasn't unable to carry a conversation or I wasn't able to meet them where they were intellectually. Do you think um, it's because they also didn't make you feel that way? Like they didn't talk down to you? Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely makes sense. There are some people who are like a know-it-alls. Well, no, absolutely. And the know-it-alls are the sometimes do know, know it. Sometimes <laughs> do know it. But there are other know-it-alls that don't know shit. Right. And when you call them on it and you see that they are an imposter. Mm-hmm. Funny how they don't suffer from imposter syndrome, unfortunately. <laughs> they believe <laughs> they are who they are. and um, and But there have been those other people and they haven't always been friends. But people that I admire and I look up to and I definitely saw my. And again, I'm not playing semantics here. Just because I saw them above me doesn't mean that I saw myself beneath them. Does that make sense? I just saw them where they were like, wow, it's so admirable. You know what? It would be no different than maybe meeting one of your icons that you admire or like someone like Tony Robbins. I look up to Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. That man came from nothing for sure and has built this mm-hmm. empire for himself. But there have been times where I've met people like that and I'm like, you know what? You're really, I am the one who created this image and caused myself to feel mm-hmm. insecure because now that I know you or talk to you or see you, you're just like me. The only difference is what you've been able to accomplish. But as an individual, being able to talk on a level of understanding and intellect and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Shit, you and me, we're right here. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas I used to see myself not there. And so my lack of having a degree does not mean that I have a lack of intellect. And I discovered exactly. that word autodidactic where I'm like, yeah, I, I'm kind of self-taught and I teach myself. And yeah, so I don't have a mm-hmm. certificate, but I can hold my own. And, and that that's helpful. I, the more I learn, the more I know. I don't know as much as I think I know, <laughs> right? Like we were saying. So it's not like I think I'm Miss Smarty Pants, not at all. But boy, I've learned so much and I look forward to learning more. But I'm no longer health, held hostage by my own insecurity mm-hmm. about not having had that piece of paper. Yes. That's my point. You know what I mean? Every time you say that, I think of that little thing. The more you know, you know, with the star and the rainbow. Oh, yes. With the star flying. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> now, Anna, have you... <laughs> I'm drinking and she's not. I, that's all I want to say. Um, but Anna, do you find that having gone to school, has that expanded your intellect in a different way 
then and, and are you grateful? Yes, but I still learn so much from you. You taught me a million vocabulary words. Remember, I'm always like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> so school doesn't mean anything, you know. I think we can all learn from each other. But I love we can learn from, each, learn from each, other. each other. Yes, I love school absolutely. though because it challenges me. That's yes. what I like about that. But I mean, like I said, I do what I want. So like, if tomorrow I'm like I hate school, then I'll I'll quit. Right. Like I'm not. I'm never like I gotta stick this through or else I'm a quitter. Oh, I'm, I'm Anna, like oh, I do whatever. Need, I need some of you. I need some of you. <laughs> You're so- and I have not only learned so much from you, but you have been <laughs> such an influence in my life in such a short period of time that Aww. no really and it's been it's been amazing because really Anna and I do come from such different cultures and in as much as we're so different from each other I feel like we're a good yin and yang yes we are you know we yes. balance each other out so yes. thank we're you perfect for teaching for me. each other I stop it we're gonna say crazy things <laughs> 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 oh my gosh oh. this was awesome yeah and it's good and refreshing to talk about our insecurities right because yes. everybody's got them and uh <laughs> just let let just let them go and try to you know yes. knock them out one at a time one at a yes time. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And if you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unforgiving, unqualified advice, as always. Record an audio clip or phone and... Oh, on your phone. Sorry, I'm reading this. Record an audio clip on your phone and send it to That's Why Show. <laughs> this should be a lesson to all you kids. Don't drink and do a podcast at the <laughs> anyway, uh, so please remember that you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. Follow, subscribe, and please write us a review. We really need your feedback, guys. We need to know we're doing good. Do we suck? Yes. Okay, we probably don't suck, but um, but you know how? What can we do better? What can we yeah. do better? And be nice. Be nice. Um, anyway, um, and so aside from write us a review, if you're too lazy to do that, give us a five star review on Apple. It Thank doesn't take you. much. Please. And Anna is going to close with our quote, our Insta yes. quote. We have two quotes. One is a more serious quote, and the other one is a little bit more upbeat. So the first quote is, Sometimes our thoughts are backed by so much insecurity that they create lies we believe. Amen. Mm-hmm. And the second one is, Insecurity knocks from time to time, so... Invite it in for a cup of coffee. Talk with it. Understand it. Then take that sugar spoon and poke it in the eye. Oh my gosh, yes. That's what we have to do with a lot of things. But anyway, yes. and with that, peace, love, and dark chocolate. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys.